The last thing we were discussing was Simhat Beta Shoeva. We talked about the Kohanim, the little Kohanim would go up the ladder, fill up uh, the, the lights with oil. We talked about there was so much light that a lady would be able to see the, uh, her, the kernels of wheat from that light. And to continue discussing uh, the, the party, we're starting on Nun Gimel Amud Aleph, second line in, where it says, Hasidim Maase. We said the partiers, the jugglers, the singers were all tzaddikim. And Tanu Rabbanan, Yesh mehen omrim ashrei yaldutenu shelo bishad ziknutenu. We're lucky that our childhood didn't embarrass us when we're older. Elu hasidim vanshem ase. These are the hasidim, the people with the great actions who never did avirot. Yesh mehen omrim. Some of them would say ashrei ziknutenu shikiprat yaldutenu. Blessed, or we're lucky that when we were older, we were able to be mechaper on our, our childhood avonot. Elu ba'ale teshuva. Elu va'elu, but everyone would say, "Omrim Ashrei Mishilo Hata." Blessed is the person who never sinned. Umishe Hata Yeshuvim Holo, and anyone who sinned, Hashem will forgive him. Tanya Amru Alav Al Hilel Hazaken. They said about Hilel, "Kshayasemach b'Simchat b'Tashoeva Amar Ken." When he was happy with Simchat b'Tashoeva, he would say as follows: "That this is what Hashem is saying." Imani Kan, if the Shechina is over here in the Beit Hamikdash, Hakol Kan, then everyone would come out here. And if I'm not here, Mikan, who would come here? And Tosfot explains it a little bit differently. He explains it's about the Bnei Israel. If they don't come, Hashem doesn't show up. Okay. Who Omer Hillel would also say, To where I want, to, to where I love, that's where my feet take me. Im tavo el beti Hashem says, if you come to my house to bet the mikdash, ani avo betecha, I will come to your house to bless you. Im atalo tavo el beti, if you don't come to my house, ani lo avo el betecha, I'm not come to your house. Shneimai bechol makom ashazkiet shemi avo yadecha uberachticha. Whatever place you mention my name, you bless me, I'll come to you and bless you. And another thing he lost said afur agul gol tahach itzaf al pene amayim. He saw a skull floating in the water, and he said to it. Because you drowned someone, you killed someone, that's why they killed you. And whoever killed you will get killed. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, what Hillel said, that uh, wherever I love going, that's where my feet take me. A person's feet testify for him. They, they're his co-signers. They take care of him. Wherever he's supposed to go, that's where he's going to end up going. And there was two kushim. Now, over here it's sarcasm. It means uh, so, someone who's not, who looks good. They were standing in front of Shlomo. They were sofrim. They were the Shlomo sofrim. But why you said, I'm supposed to kill these two kushae, the, these two sofrim that you have. So, so Shlomo want to save them. So he passed them over to the Shedim. And Shedrinu them Hozad And he sent them to Luz. When they got to Luz, they died. The next day, Shlomo saw Malachamavid laughing. Why are you laughing? 
The place where they were, I needed to kill them, that's where they went. That's where you send them. Right away, Shlomo opened up his mouth and said, A person's feet, they take care of him. Wherever he's supposed to end up, that's where they take him. And Tanya, when he was happy with Simchat Bet HaShoeva, he would take eight torches of fire, and he would juggle them, take one, grab one, throw one, and they wouldn't touch one another. When he was bowing down, he would put his two thumbs on the ground, and bow down, v'noshek et ha'itzpakis, the floor, v'zokef, and stand up, v'en kol b'riyah yecholal asotken, nobody else could do that, v'zoi kida, and that is the kida, whenever you see the word kida in the Torah, that's what it means, that type of bowing down. Levi ha'chavah kida kamei derebi ve'itla, Levi did that kida in front of Rebi, and he ended up being lame, he couldn't walk anymore, he probably broke his thigh, was that what caused it? Rabbi Lazar said a person should not talk harshly towards the Shamaim. Because Adam Gadol spoke very harshly towards Hashem and he became lame. Umanu, who are we talking about? Levi. And that was the reason, not uh, because he did a kidah. Like my answer is, garmale. No, he was uh, he spoke harshly towards Hashem, so that when he did something dangerous, that's when he got punished. Levi used to juggle, used to play in front of Rabbi with eight knives. He would throw, he would juggle them. Shmuel he would juggle Kamei Shavor Malka in front of Shavor Malka, the king of Persia. with eight cups of wine. Abaye Kamei Abaye would juggle in front of Rabbah with eight eggs. And some say it was four eggs. When we were doing, when we were partying, we'd never sleep. Our eyes would never see sleep. The first hour of the day, Tamichel Shahar. That would be the morning. Misham, then we go to Tfilah Shahrit. Misham, the Korban Musaf, and then Misham, the Tfilah Musafin. And from there, Misham, the Bet Amidash, we gotta learn a little bit. Then Misham, the Tfilah Shtiyah, then we drink and eat. Misham, the Tfilah Tmin Hadan, we pray Minha. Misham, the Tamid Shal Ben Arbaim. Once Tamid Shal Ben Arbaim was done, Mikan Velak, the Simhat Bet Ashoeva. It's like Master's Ini, how could you say that? You didn't sleep the entire holiday? Vamar Biohanan. If a shivua, if a person swore shiloh ishan shiloh shniyamim, if a person not gonna sleep for three days, malkin oto, you hit him because it's a it's a it's a lie. You swore for no reason. You sleep right away. So how could you say you went five six days without uh, sleeping when a person can't go more than three? So elahachikama, this is what he really meant. We didn't sleep a full sleep. We didn't taste a full sleep. They would uh, rest on people's shoulders. They were just for a couple of minutes here and there. And they, you could go a week like that without a problem. There was 15 steps going up from Izrat Nashim towards the Azara. And Hazda told that rabbi who would start would tell the agadot in front of him. 
did you ever hear those 15 shiram alots? Why did it, what are they corresponding to? Why did David say it? He told him, When David made the drain pipes that go from where the Mizbeach is to the depths, and this argues on what we learned before, that they were there already from Shesh Deme Bereshit. But when David did it, Kafat Tehoma, all of a sudden, the Tehom, the depths, the water deep down the earth, came out. I want to flood the world. David said 15 Shira Ma'alot, and he went down. It shouldn't say Ma'alot. Ma'alot means it's going up. It should just say Yordot, going down. You reminded me something. This is the way it was really went down. When David was making, was digging the drain pipes, all of a sudden the water started coming up and wanted to flood the world. And Amar David, and David asked, Are we allowed to write Shem Hashem, a haspa on a piece of uh, clay earthenware? This it doesn't float; it could go deep down. And we'll send it to the to home to the depths, and we'll stay over there, and we'll, we'll make the water stay down. And by the way, David was a posek himself, but remember his rabbi Ahitofa was around, so he waited for the rabbi to give a psak. And all that, even though the world was about to be flooded. So imagine how much respect David had. Nobody was able to give him an answer. Anyone who knows and is not giving me an answer should be choked by his, by his neck. So Ahitophel said, you know what, I'm going to do a kalva homer. When it comes to sota, to chakar, and to, to make peace between husband and wife, I'm not and the Torah said, The shem of Hashem that that is written should be erased in water. But to make peace in the entire world, to save the entire world, all the more so. So Amar Le'achitofel said, "Sharetz Mutar Katav Shem Hashbad." They wrote Hashem's name on the clay. Ushdele Tomani threw it deep in the depths. When Nachite Omash itself fell, and then all of a sudden the water started going down sixteen thousand amot. Hazed and Nachitova. When David saw that it went too deep, Amar Kama Demidlet Efemer Tavamad. The the higher the water is, the the wetter the ground is, and it's good for the fruits. So Amar he said 15 and it went up 15,000 Amot then he left it over there with a thousand uh, with a thousand Amot meaning the, the where the depth uh, stops is about a thousand Amot from where the ground level is and Amar what do we hear from here? The thickness of the ground till where the Tehom waters are. I'll figure out there's a thousand Amma. Now, the Gemara says, wait a second. We see that you dig a little bit and all of a sudden water comes out. So then maybe the Tehom is much closer than a thousand Amot away. Amar of no, home is de Prat over there. That's coming from Prat. The Euphrates River is uh, is at a higher ground level and it's going downwards. So whenever you're digging, it's really underground. That's it. it's the Euphrates River coming out. It's there. It's coming out through tunnels. Okay. Now the, the next part of the Mishnah. They would stand over there on the tenth step and they would blow the shofar. 
And by Ayer Birmiya, and Birmiya asked the question, What's this 10th uh, step? Is it that you went down and you stayed at the 10th st- uh, step from the ground? Or maybe you went down 10 and you're at the 5th step. And uh, Teko didn't have an answer. Now we learned that they would turn their face towards the Beit HaMikdash and say we'd bow down. Our fathers didn't, bow, they bowed down to the Sahan. We're going to bow down to you, Beit HaMikdash. Tan Rabbanan. In Yechizkel, it says, Ufnehim Kedma, that their face was facing towards the sun. And I wouldn't know that their backs are towards uh, the Hechal, obviously. So why do you have to tell me about Horem Elechal Hashem? Elamata mudlomara Horem Elechal Hashem. What do you need that for? Milamed, it was coming to teach me something extra. They would take off their clothing and they would make towards uh, Hashem, meaning trying to be disrespectful. Now, we learned in the Mishnah that Rabbi Uda said that they would double it. So, any is it true that you're allowed to double? Anyone who says Shema twice, like you're saying, modim, modim, and you have to quiet him down because it sounds like you're praying to two gods. So, the Gemara explains, This is where it really went down. Our fathers bow down towards the sun. And we're bowing down to Hashem. And our eyes are looking up towards Hashem. So it's two different subjects, and you're allowed to double in that case. Next, Mishnah. Every day they would blow the shofar 21 times. And the most they would ever go is 48. And the, and the Mishnah explains. Every day there was twenty-one. Uh, the blows of the shofar. Three when they opened the gates in the morning. And they would blow another nine by the tamid in the morning when they were pouring the wine on the mizbeach. The Levim would sing it during the nisucha yain for the tamid. Now then, another nine for the tamid in the afternoon. They would blow another nine. And if it was Friday, they would blow another six. Three to tell people to stop working. The first one is for the people in the fields, then the people in the stores, and then one for people to light the candles or to take off tefillin according to the Buddha. Another three. To, uh, to separate between Kodesh and Hol, meaning they would be, they would first blow the first three, then they would wait a short amount of time. It takes people to fry a small fish for Shabbat or put the bread in the oven, and then they would blow another three blows, meaning it's Shabbat. Erev Shabbat Shabbat if it was Erev Shabbat and it was Sukkot at the same time, then they would be Ayusham there would be forty-eight blows, Shalosh three to open up the gates in the morning, then Shalosh then three to the main gate, the big gate when they went to go get the water. another three for the lower gate, Vishalosh and three when they brought the water up. Vishalosh another three when they would put the Aravot on the sides of the Mizbeah. Teshalatamichar. Nine for the tamid in the morning. Another nine for the minha korban. 
Vetesh ala Musafi, nine from Musaf, Shalosh Lavdil Ta'amin Amelachan, another three to stop people from working, Vishalosh Lavdil Ben Kodesh Lahol, and another three to tell you that's it, it's Shabbat. Gemara starts, Matnitin de lo Kerbiuda, Mishnah's not like Kerbiuda, the Tanya Rabiuda, Omer, Hapohet Loif Hot Misheva, the least amount you could do is seven blows, Vam Mosif, Lo Yosif, Alshes, and you can't do more than sixteen. Bemaika Miflegez, so why? What's the machloket over here between Rabbanan and Tanakama and Rabbi Uda over here? Rabbi Uda savat tekiah is ahati. It's all one mitzvah. The Rabbanan savat tekiah lehud. That's one mitzvah. Teruah lehud. That's a, that's another mitzvah. And the same idea. The last tekiah is also a third one. So you have three mitzvot. Meaning they're not really arguing. They're just arguing on how to count it. So when he says 7, he means 21, and when he says 16, he really means 48. And my ta'ama de rebiuda, what's rebiuda's reason? Amar kera'ot ka'atem teru'ah, you should blow a teru'ah alma teru'ah ka'ahati. You understand that teki'ah and teru'ah are one, meaning it's counted as one. The Rabbanan, they explain, No, that's coming to tell me that whenever you have a teru'ah, you have to blow a straight blow, what we call a teki'ah before and after. Now, what's Rabbanan's reason? When everyone comes together, blow the shofar, but don't do teru'ah. And if you think it's all one, it's Hashem telling you to do half a mitzvah, the other half not to do. The Rabbi tells you over there is not a proof. Over there, just uh, bringing everyone together, so one loud noise does the job. No, explained, it is a it is a siman together everyone together but still Hashem made it a mitzvah this is the way to do it and no other way so therefore you have to learn from it the other tekiot so now the Gemara asks Keman Azla had the of Kana said who does it go like he said and ben there's nothing in between a tekiah and a teruah, meaning there's no breathing in between. You got to do it straight. Come on, kerbiudat. Sounds like yolza kerbiudat. It's all one mitzvah. Well, the Gemara says pshita. Well, obviously that Afkana holds like kerbiudat and hachamim. There are three separate mitzvot, and you have to breathe in between each one. So, like my answer is no. Maudetema. I would have thought. That when Rav Kana said you don't breathe in between them, afilu kerabanan. Maybe he even holds like rabbanan. But the difference is, he's coming to go against Rabbi Yohanan because Rabbi Yohanan had an exaggerated statement. The Amar, he held when it comes to the Tekiat Shofar Vashana, Shama A person heard nine blows at nine hours in the day, meaning on the first hour of the day, he heard one Tekiat, whatever he heard, and then next hour another one, next hour another one, next hour another one. So maybe Rav Kana is saying, that's no good, but a short breath in between each one would be okay. And he even holds like, uh, like Rabbanan. Kamash Ma'alan, the Rav Kana does not hold like Rabbanan at all. Rather, he holds like Rabbi Huda all the way, who holds he's supposed to do them together. But the Gemara takes a step back and asks, maybe Be'emet, he doesn't really hold like Rabbi Huda. Maybe he really holds like Hachamim. And he's trying to uh, go away from what Rabbi Yohanan said, because that was too much. My answer is Imken. If that's the case, my veloklum. Why did Rav Kana say veloklum? There should not be a breath in between the tekiyah, tekiyah. 
he put it in a language where it's he's pretty much saying that it has to be done at once. And according to Hachamim, you can have a little breath. Obviously, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. We'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.